Welcome, welcome to the After 29 Podcast, a roundtable discussion between four brothers from diverse backgrounds about navigating everyday life after 29. On this podcast, no topic is safe, and our goal is to challenge the status quo on everything from social issues and relationships to politics, mental health, finances, and everything in between. Come join us as we explore these topics, discussing how they relate to and affect the black community. This is your After 29 Podcast. 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 What up, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the After 29 Podcast. This is episode nine. Uh, manhood under siege talking about the emasculation of the black male i'm vincent dunston aka minister v let's get it popping this your boy malcolm davis clayton foster make sure the brother in the building all right guys let's go in prayer eternal god our father we come to you on this evening lord just to give your name honor glory and praise lord lord we thank you for allowing us just uh, another chance to assemble in your name to just discuss those things that are just the most important to us and the things in our heart lord lord we ask that you'll bless this podcast bless this brotherhood and bless our friendship in jesus name we pray amen amen all right guys let's get it going um emasculation of the black male basically we're talking about you know removing those masculine i don't want to say features but characteristics of a male you know of a man um and pretty much and i'm gonna just be blunt and just say it pretty much you can't, know go ahead man you can't remove the masculine <laughs> features but you can um not definitely. the features but the characteristics yeah you, know, you can you remove know? the characteristics I, that's I, for I sure. don't even know if this is a word but pretty much feminizing males you know it sounds like a word it sounds like it don't it sounds like a <laughs> If it's not, they need to add it to the dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds right. But yeah, but I mean, just pretty much, um, you know, uh, pretty much adding or allowing, you know, you know, feminine um, characteristics on men. So, but, you know, so let's go ahead and get started. You know, what are your thoughts on the statement of, you know, the emasculation of the black male? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think it started a long time ago when they took the male the uh, the male figure out of the household when they started the welfare system as well and um i think it's it's just going rampant now um as you can see they got rappers wearing dresses and and all sorts of things and um those are i know i talk about the media all the time but those are the images of black people that they want everybody to see they don't want the images of the good black men the strong black men they don't want to put those images on tv right so kids um they they like what they see and they try to imitate what they see on TV um, and that's why rappers are considered role models. I don't think they are role models, but in kids' eyes, they are. Yeah, and when we first started talking about this topic, I thought that that was the only thing, like you know, people normalizing men wearing dresses and makeup and stuff like that. I thought that was the only issue, but now that yeah. I like just sat down and just looked at everything. I think that's part of the issue that people try to normalize those type of things. But I think another facet of the issue is just the the rate of single motherhood in our community mm -hmm. is yeah. a problem too. Yep. Um, and I, for me, I think the the three like main keys like to being a man, just sitting down and thinking about it, it's like you know stoicism, 
Like, not getting into your emotions too heavily because we all know, like, an emotional man is a dangerous thing yep. if you don't know how to control your emotions. I'm not saying you should just be devoid of emotion completely. Right. But you need to learn how to channel your emotions because if you're in a situation where you're all upset and you're not thinking, not logical, that's how you end up getting into trouble, going to prison because you, you don't know how to rein in, yep. you know, your own uh, emotions. Yep, I agree. Um, and then I think, you know... A lot of men don't know the value of being, you know, virtuous and having high integrity, not knowing how to face adversity. So I think it's it's a multifaceted equation that's plaguing men in general and taking away that masculinity. Yeah, and I agree. I'll, I'll say one more thing to mm-hmm. piggyback off it. A good man knows how to make hard decisions without emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's what a strong black man um, needs to learn how to do. Yeah, so absolutely. So, you know, my my thoughts on that statement, you know, or are, are just about the whole notion of, you know, emasculating the black man. I one, I I, I see it a lot, you know, like you, you talked about like, you know, you got rappers out here wearing dresses. Now, as far as makeup goes, I know in the entertainment industry, that's common. So it ain't for, for the average lipstick. man. No, yeah. Now for now, you're talking about like you know makeup for like a video or a movie Lip. or something like that. Well, I, I get that, but yeah, but you do have you know you do have a lot of them out here now. They they're wearing makeup. They got on eyeshadow. They got on lipstick. Pant. You know <laughs> stuff like that. You know, so I do see a lot of characteristics what we normally associate with women. You know, males are you know taking that you know have taken that on. Even with things like like you said, you know, wearing skinny jeans and stuff like that. You know, not really skinny jeans. I, I'm not really going to. I'm, I'm I'm not going to put that in the same category because I see a lot of males that wear skinny jeans, and Man, I don't I don't think that purple? that's a feminine. I, no, I, I'm Women not, wear skinny jeans to show yeah. their figure, right? Maybe they want to show theirs too. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> so, I, I, like I said, I'm gonna take that one and leave that to the side. I think that's I think that's a cultural. I think that's a cultural or even a style thing. Vincent wears skinny jeans, y'all. Yeah, I'm too thick to wear skinny jeans. <laughs> anyway, uh, nobody my size should ever wear skinny jeans. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, I, I will say like things. I, okay, so they had another thing out here. You know, you got men wearing rompers. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah. ridiculous. You know, I remember yeah. that. So I mean, like, I do think, like I said, there's a thing as you know, um, <laughs> there's there's a such thing as you know, walking on a fine edge of style, and then there's another thing of just straight crossing the line. You know, yeah. like a man in a dress or wearing heels and things like that. I mean, like, and to say like, oh well, it should be okay. We should allow that. I mean, no. I mean, I, I think that's one of those that's going too far. I mean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I should be. I if I really wanted to, I should be able to go out and you know, I might even want to say nothing stupid. So I'm gonna just move on. <laughs> <laughs> you pink. know, but there's a lot of things that we should be able to do. That doesn't mean that you should do it though. Yeah, my thing was like when I was like just trying to find some data, just different like points, like see what other people think about. But I kept seeing like headlines saying that you know redefining manhood. I don't think masculinity needs to be redefined i think yeah it needs to be polished but you don't just need to go in and build it back from the ground up what was wrong with manhood i mean i don't exactly. understand what was wrong with it why does it need to be refined 
Honestly, when you now that you ask that question, I think especially considering today's society, you said what's wrong with manhood. I think it's too much masculinity in it, and I think that's what society. Too much masculinity, and that sounds stupid, doesn't that it? Does that does sound stupid. But now think about it. That's what the problem is in today's society. It's not enough. It's not enough feminism in manhood, and I think that's why we have this thing of trying to emasculate males. Not even just black males, but males in general. Trust me, it doesn't make sense to me either. What I'm saying is, is that people are saying that. Now, remember, you said when you define manhood, you know, we know that means being strong. You know, you know, stoic in our emotions. You know, uh, it doesn't mean you without emotion. That's not what manhood no, no, I didn't means. Say, no, no, we didn't, no, we didn't. No, we didn't say without. We said basically, Grant was saying to be controlled uh, yeah. uh, you know un, you know have that under siege you know your emotions that's what true manhood is like and like you also said being able to make decisions without really invoking all of your emotions yes because you got to make those tough tough decisions if you look if you own a fortune 500 company you might have to fire somebody that you really like yeah mm-hmm. but you have to make that decision yeah. that's best for you and the company yeah so back to what I was saying. So one of those things is, is that in today's society with certain people, their thing is or their whole argument is, well, why does why can't a man wear a dress? Why does that why does that take why does that take away from his manhood? Because it does. And I don't get wrong, I agree, but I'm just ta- I'm just talking about how pe- the argument that people will make. I'm like, well, I mean, why, they can, why they can can't, make all the arguments they want. Why can't having these feministic characteristics? Still, you know, why can't you still be considered a man? Because at the end of the day, if if any woman, any heterosexual woman says that it's okay for a man to to wear a dress, you're not going to marry that dude. You're not going to date that dude because most women want a traditionally masculine man. Unless unless it's like a woman who just feels like they need to be in control and be overpowering. But if a woman want to date a man with a dress, she probably want to date a woman. Let's yeah, I mean, honest. I was going to say, and I was going to ask, like, let's be honest. How many heterosexual women want to date a man she can share clothes with? Now, no, borrow no, his not, clothes, no. yes. Borrow his clothes like she want to wear his shirts. You want right. to wear his t-shirts, his sweatshirts and things like that. He come like out to my dress and make my butt a little fat. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, exactly, man. First of all, why is that even a question? Moving along. <laughs> but I think, I think masculinity correlates with the instincts that we were born with. So you can't get rid of those instincts or well, masculinity. Well, in today's society, and that's what it they is. are challenging that. But you can't. I, I, no, Your I instincts agree. always going to overtake, I think overtake inst- anything. Yeah. I think right. male instincts will always surpass and they will always overlap societal opinions. Just because somebody says, well, a man should be this or he should be able to this. I'm like, but instinctual, that's not so. No. You know, but we live in a society where we... We live in. A, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. We live in a sensitive society that wants everything to be tolerated and everything to be included. I'm gonna just say that. Moving along, do y'all believe that there's a movement or a push to emasculate the black male? Well, I think it's been there for a long time, man. Um, and if so, why? Because the black man is a strong is a strong creature on the planet. So if you, in order to attack the black families, you attack the black man first, mm-hmm. and then everything else will fall. I'm gonna give y'all a little history fact about um, um, when slaves were, when slaves was actually brought over here. They were actually transported to Jamaica, and over there in Jamaica, they had this process called um, what is it called? Back, butt, butt breaking. Butt breaking. So they used to rape the slave owners. Used to rape the black men in front of everybody 
to take his his will away from him. Right. To exert dominance. Yeah, yeah. To make him dominant. So that's why you'll never see it. You'll very rarely, rarely see any Jamaicans or Haitians. Um, the Haitians actually fought back, and um, but you'll very rarely see any gay Haitians or um, Jamaicans because of that. And I think that's was the start of it, and it's been there ever since. So if you wanted to attack the black family, you you emasculate the black man. Yeah. Originally, like without like thinking deeper into the subject matter. Uh, you know, I've heard you know people say it, say it a lot. You know, I think it's an attack on black male masculinity. It, if it's a direct attack, I'm not. I'm still not quite sure if it's like an, a direct attack. Just based on my observation, what I see, I think, I think it's just a potential side effect of things that like just becoming like normalcies in society to to like like it's cool to for dudes to wear dresses and. Um, and do more feminine things, and so so I think it's just a, a adverse effect with the way that society's more accepting of things now. So I don't know if it's a direct attack because I don't know what the what the end gain is mm-hmm. by directly attacking it. So I I can't say for sure. Yes, it's a direct attack. I think I can say possibly, but I think it's just an adverse effect of the way our society is accepting some things that's not traditionally masculine. So I'm one of those people who I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I I I had some time to think about this a little bit more, but I'm one of those people that really do believe that there is a direct attack on the black male. I think that there is a silent push, or you know, or subliminal rather push to emasculate the black man, to soften up the black man, to feminize the black man. Why? And and I we talked about this on our conference call the other night. And I had some time to sit on this. And now that I think about it, and you kept you you did ask a valid question and you said, Well, what's the end game? You know, if there is an attack, what's the end game? And I finally started, you know, I had an epiphany. And I think what the end game is is one of the things that Malcolm brought up is that number one, when you think about the black male in this world, the black man is one of the most feared, one of the most strong in the entire world. We, we're the most discriminated against, you know, and all of that. So, and like I said, we, we're one of the strongest. So by attacking that and to soften that up, you can thus, you can thus break down the black race, weaken the black man. You weaken the whole black race. Not to say that our women, our sisters, you know, our black queens can't hold their own because they can, but just like we can't do it without them, they cannot hold the entire race without us. And if you weaken the black man, you can continue to conquer the black race. Now, just think about what Malcolm said, the same way they did it back in the day. It wasn't even about a sexuality. It was about breaking their will and breaking the, 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 the family bond. And by doing that, you were able to thus conquer all of them. And I think the same thing. Remember how we talked about in another episode that we, we talked about, like redlining, you know, mm-hmm. and, and certain types of discrimination and discriminatory practices. They didn't go away. They evolved. And I think this is another I think this is another um, instance of, you know, buck breaking uh, in, in a sense, in a small sense. You know, of course, we're comparing apples right, to oranges. Right, right. But in a, in a sense, this is another way to conquer and to continue to divide and, and, and like I said, and to conquer the black race, break the break the black man, feminize him, weaken him, soften him up, and now I can have them all. So, so my question would be: so I mean, if that's the case, 
they can't benefit from whatever the power structure is, can't benefit from slave labor. They, what do you think? They think that there should be no benefit to the black race, period. Since we can't benefit off of it, your 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 community doesn't need to benefit off of it either. I mean, but we see that a lot anyway. And when it comes to our community, if if they can't benefit off of our community, we can't either. That's just like a lot of. I mean, think of we talked about gentrification. Mm-hmm. You got you got neighborhoods with all these blacks living in, or not even just blacks, but just minorities in minorities, general. Yep. You know, in general, and you know, you got. I mean, you're talking about thousands and thousands of people in these in these neighborhoods, and then you have whites or other races who come in, buy up the land, this, that, and the third. Why? Because you know they're like, well. They ain't making much of it because, first of all, the, the right. property values are still very low in a lot of instances, you know, unless they, you know, go to the extremes of, you know, kicking people out by adding other things to it. But in some instances, you know, they come up, they buy the properties. We don't own them. You know, we just live there. We're renting or whatever the case may be. So we're, we're paying them anyway. So, yeah, it's one of those where. If but we, those things have a means to an end. They, they, there's monetary profit from it. Yeah. In the long run. Yes. In the long run, yeah, like eventually, I mean, it takes years sometimes. I mean, like they're doing it to Harlem. Still going to take them a long time to completely gentrify Harlem. I mean, but they're slowly chipping away at it. And like I said, I, I now in, in, in the short term, yes, it's one of those things where they're not really benefiting too much from it. Neither are the blacks because they can't own anything because they can't afford to. Whites can't completely take over the neighborhoods because, you know, still too many blacks there. You know, they, you know, you still have those that are hanging on. So it, it, it's, it's just one of those. So like I said, I do believe that there is a movement, whether subliminal or not. Mm-hmm. I believe that there is a movement to weaken the black race by attacking the black man. And one thing I saw a lot of, too, was like, uh, you know, after like the Me Too movement and stuff, a thing no, that, that's yeah. pretty prevalent now is like a lot of people saying, oh, toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity. Um, it can be toxic because you know with that Me Too movement, it was some validity in it where you know men took advantage of women. Oh, no is, doubt. Which is you know, but sad. women take advantage of men too. We just don't, we just don't report it. Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, it, you got controlling wives and you know different right. things like that. You know, uh, girlfriends, wives, mothers, aunties, and things like that who yeah. manipulate and control. That's that's abuse. Yeah. yeah. You know, and even physical abuse. We don't talk mm-hmm. about. Oh that, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. We get yeah, um, we get um felt up at clubs too, women. Oh yeah, and, and one thing too that I saw that um. Well, a statistic that I saw, just like men, like a lot of men, you know, they go through a lot of anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. And men, in general, not just black men, men in general, they're three and a half times more likely to commit suicide because they don't really go and get normal checkups on mental health and things mm-hmm. like that. So I think that's one product too. That's one part of the um, the equation that we need to solve is like men need to be more active in getting help on mental wise and don't think that you're, you're weak because you, you don't feel right mentally. Yeah. I think that's part of being having good masculinity because masculinity ain't all about just being strong being aggressive and things like that it's more to it than that and like mental health is a big proponent of that as well absolutely um as we move forward um you know and 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 speaking of like pushing agendas and things like that we do know that as far as you know and i was just because i don't know how to sugarcoat stuff so i'll just say you know as far as 
feminine males or whatever, you know, or uh, emasculated men, however you want to classify it. Um, I do know that there are men, whether, you know, whether they're transgender, they're homosexuality, or even if they're hetero, they're just very feminine or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, there is a such thing. I Like I said, I believe that there's a such thing as pushing an agenda, but I do also believe that there are some movements that just want to be, it's, it's a matter of inclusion. I just want to be included. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of my lifestyle, regardless of how I dress or whatever, I just want to be included. So do you believe that there is a difference? You know, basically not if there is, because there is clearly a difference. What's the difference between inclusion and, and being and pushing an agenda? I think inclusion is just, you know, no matter. I think inclusion is that everybody's included where you are. Right. If you if you are gay, then you are gay and you are accepted into the society. What I think pushing an agenda is, is, um. If I'm sitting at home watching TV with my kids and it might be Disney or whatever, and it's a gay couple up there, it's like, I think that's pushing an agenda too far. Um, I'm a heterosexual. My kids, um, as far as I know, they, they could be heterosexual, but I think at, I think at times it goes too far. Um, I would say inclusion is, how about we make a sitcom about a gay couple? Um, as opposed to forcing everybody else to, to watch gay couples on TV, especially gay couples in, in children um, television, I think it's, it's a little bit overboard. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. Like, like is I think it's a fine line because I think you know one would say like what you saying like if you make a sitcom exclusively geared to a gay couple is that going to make them feel like it's segregated because I got my own show here. I can't be a part of this show. Well, let me ask you this. When, back in the day, it used to be exclusively black shows with no white people in it. Did that make the white people feel segregated as well? No, because they had all their own shows. But, then why but, you would know, the gay people this, feel segregated? But how many times have you heard people, people of our culture say, oh, this movie ain't got one black person in it? So, so do you think people of that community, like, you know, the LGBT community feel that same way as like a lot of our people have felt over the years, like with Oscars and just movies and like the media in general, they're like, there ain't no black people in it or these black people deserve this award and they didn't get it. Do you think that's the same sentiment that they have? I don't think so. Cause I think they'll do just like black people do. Now we got, um, we got our own networks, BET, Oprah, the own, own record network. I think. Well, they got logo, right? They had logo. Is it still? Is oh, it still up and running? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think if you make it for them, they will watch it. And I think that's a part of inclusion for me. Just like when we were talking about Captain America, why does my hero that I grew up watching have to be gay? Why come they just couldn't make a a gay hero of his own? Yeah, and, and you know, you know, my, you know, I think because we kind of touched on it, you know, yesterday, um, is I still don't know if it's really an agenda that's being pushed by the media. Or do they just really care about the profit because they see that it's becoming normal in our society, you know, for, you know, LGBT and things of that nature. So they see those dollar signs. And if, if it looks like inclusion on the back end, okay, that's good too, but we want to make that dollar first. This is my, my. But wouldn't, wouldn't they feel a certain way though? If they just trying, if they just doing it just for dollar signs instead of just making a, uh, you a would new, think so. a new, a new, uh, superhero yeah, yeah, I mean, for them. You, you would think so, but. But we both know that, that that green speaks more than anything. Yeah. So even when we consider, you know, the fact that I, I like you guys schooled me, there is going to be a yeah, it uh, is a going gay to be Captain America. If you factor out the dollars, okay, let, we all know big business. That's that's the bottom line. Right. We want to make money. But when you take that out, 
why was that even necessary? Like, what was the point? Other than money. See, other that's than the what I was saying. I didn't like, think it was... Like, what was the point of having a gay Captain America? Like, what does that do for the Marvel... Yeah. The char- No, we're talking straight characters. Like, what does that do for, ca- for I the think characters? They, I think if they would have made a whole new character... Um, who just so gay, happened to be gay. Just so happened to be gay. I think it could have it could have brought in more people as opposed to... I mean, I get it. You're trying to bring in the... You're trying to include the gay um, community... But you can't alienate the other community trying to bring in another community as well. And I think it would have been better served had they just made a completely new sequel. And and see, and that's why I I fall on that line of there's an agenda push. And I know I I completely understand and and hear where you're coming from, uh, Clay, as far as like, you know, you said you believe that their whole agenda is just to go after those dollars that mm-hmm. they in, in a whole nother market, market yeah, that they market. otherwise yeah. have missed. I get that. But when, like I said, but when I take the dollars out of the equation, I really feel that there's an agenda push to emasculate males in general. And, and, and I'm only speaking for the black males right now. I mean, because I'm a black guy. Um, but I really feel like when you have when you have a situation like that, even with a fictional character, you know, like Captain America, to change that character just to make him gay, or to make him gay just so that everyone else feels included, that's what makes me feel like there's an agenda push versus what Malcolm said. If you want to be included, if it's just inclusion, make another character part of the Marvel line who just so happens to be gay. I think think society... Is who's, out, gay who's outside of the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community will be more accepting of it. Of but us it, that uh-huh. are outside of that community, I, I, I believe it's a push to make it more of the norm. And, mm-hmm. and we'll get to that in just a second. But I, I really think that so, that's what it comes to. So how is... I'm trying to just get on it. Because at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm just looking at it as just, just gains like far as money. I mean, I'm not negating so, that fact. But my question is... What what's the difference between how is creating a, a, an all new character that just happens to be gay different than making a it's it's a new character it's not it's not Steve Rogers Captain America it's another I forgot whatever his name is but it's, and he's he's a Captain America but he has his own name so it's essentially it's a different character but just under the Captain America mantle so how is that not pushing an agenda when you make a new character that's gay versus uh, already known character that's gay what's what's the difference Captain. Captain America is a symbol. Everybody knows who's the original Captain America. If you don't know who the original Captain America was, you must have hadn't read any comic books at all in your life. Um, and that's that's my problem is that why change something that you, that's already worked? How about try to create something new and then you can be inclusive? Let's say if they just would have made a, a new superhero that happens to be gay and he joined the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I would watch that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm but how not is that not? That. My question is: Okay, you got a new character that joined the Avengers, but how is that different? Are they still pushing the agenda? How, how does that make it? They, not I feel agenda? like they including more people if they do it that way, as opposed to alienating. You can't you can't bring other people in and then alienate another portion of it. That's 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 not being beneficial to either party. Okay, so I, I guess so when the they answer made, your question is is I, the way I look at it as the when you so you're saying like. What's the difference there? Yeah. I think what what brings on the difference there is the intent. Okay, for instance, uh, Falcon is going to take on the take up the mantle of Captain America, mm-hmm. who just so happens to be a black man mm-hmm. or whatever. But I still know him as Falcon. I don't know him as Captain America. Right. I mean, but even with that one, was that wasn't 
I mean, even in the comics, it happened that way. Right. It happened in the comics that way. Right. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen in the comics where a gay. I, I, well, they, I, I, are they making it now? They're making it right. now, but yeah. but my my problem is the intent. Was the intent because that was just the next phase, or was it to push an agenda? Like, okay, well, we need to include, we need to include a a, a, a character of the LGBTQ community. Because if you think about it, up until now, there has not been a gay character yes, a, a, in Batwoman. Yeah, but Batwoman. no, no, no. I'm talking about Marvel. I'm only talking about Marvel right now. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, you know that there has not been a gay character in any role, whether it was one of the Avengers or just a character in Colossus general. was gay. Yeah, since when? In the Ultimate, yeah, he was gay. Ultimate X Men. Okay, but we're talking about we're talking saying. about in what the movies? No, in the comics. No, in the comic no, okay, book. but we're okay. Well, then that wouldn't make sense. But see that, see that I can accept. It was written that way. It was already like that. So of course, naturally, but he was he was straight. He should date what's her name, Iliana, whatever her name is. But then they made him gay in the Ultimate See, You know how they always change the comic books. Then they yeah. made him gay. But but like that was like that was like it's been years ago. Like not a lot of people. Colossus is not a huge. It's one of my favorite characters. That's why I know about it, but he's not a hugely popular character yeah. like Captain America. So most people don't know about it. And, but my additional question would be is, is this different since it happens to be a gay Captain America? Is that different than when they made Nick Fury black? They made the incredible Hulk Asian. Um, the new Superman that's coming out. He's black. So is that different? Is that still pushing an agenda? Well, I think everybody's still gonna know Superman. That's Clark Kent. I mean, everybody's rather... still gonna remember Steve, though. Steve Rogers. Yeah, that's why I said if 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 you wanna if you wanna include a gay character, wouldn't it be better, sir, to create his own character? That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, how how is it different than like making characters in other but places? If, if everybody's gonna remember Steve Rogers at uh, Captain America as Steve Rogers, then why even put the gay character in there if he ain't gonna be remembered? Well, then why make black characters or Asian characters and things like that? Well, the Incredible Hulk, you say everybody going to remember Incredible Hulk as Bruce Banner. I never even heard of the Asian um, Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it was like a few years ago they made it. Right, I didn't even know that. Neither did I. So, I'm I'm just wondering, like, how is it different? That's that's what I want to get So, basically, you're saying how is changing the race of a character not an agenda push, but changing the sexual orientation yeah. of the well, character. I, to agenda answer, push. To answer your question, it's no different, but if you want to better serve the uh, LGBTQ reason, why not create their own superhero? Wouldn't that better serve them as opposed to making a, a gay Captain America, which nobody would remember because we all know Steve Rogers is but, the original Captain America. But I think, it, I think people will remember it because if it's an already well-known character, it's going to make a bigger splash than creating a new character because we know right. like new characters come out in comic books all the time and people who aren't close to that to that that segment of media are right. not going to recognize a new character versus a change in a, a popular character. Let that, me ask you this. How many comic books would you read for a gay Captain America, and how many comic books would you be interested in if it was a new character that um, was part of Avengers? I'm not, well, for me, I, I never owned a Captain America book. I'm just saying, like <laughs> in general, if you read the, if you know all this stuff about Captain America, and now they give you an issue with a gay Captain America, or they made another comic book with a gay character, which one would you be more inclined to look at? I don't know, cause maybe. You know, Iron Man's my favorite. If they made Iron Man gay, would I 
would I pick up that book or what? That was a question we should have asked. <laughs> that but been. if they made this awesome new characters just so happen to be gay, would you be more inclined to learn about the new character or would you more be more inclined to to read about um, Captain America that we already know much about? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, honestly, I think I would be more inclined to read about the new character that I don't know anything about. Well, let's well let's we're gonna we're gonna table that for now. But let's move along. Go Hold on, one, Go one last thing. <laughs> I, I think I think for us it's uniquely different because we we already have the interest in comic books, and I think I, I kind of see the reasoning behind why they're doing it because right. they're trying to bring in a new audience that may not necessarily generally read comic books or into the characters because. They don't really have no one that they can relate to in those books. So I think maybe that's why Marvel did it that way because Captain America is well known. And I'm pretty sure people in that community have seen like Avengers and stuff and seen Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. And then when they announce a book to say, oh, Captain America is gay now, they can they can kind of draw that parallel. Oh, I know who Captain America is and now he's gay. Oh, I can I'm going to check that out because that's they can they can kind of relate to that. So I'm, I'm thinking that's why they did it. But I, I don't know if it's necessarily pushing a agenda right. or if it's just about bringing in a new audience that's going to bring in new profit. Right. All right. All right. I get that. So, you know, as we continue to, you know, as we've just analyzed fictional characters, let's bring it to something a little bit more real life. Now, Dwayne Wade's son, uh, Dwayne Wade's son said he's a girl. He is what? I think he's what? He's under 13 years old, I believe. Um, right. Well, I mean, this is this is nothing new. Um, so you know, he he was definitely an adolescent. I mean, not an adolescent. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, when they're preteen? He's a kid. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Essentially, you know, he's a, he's a child. But he said he's a girl, and his parents support him. Uh, uh, you know, y'all know me. I I have trouble with this whole thing because uh, mm-hmm. I'm not politically correct, nor will I ever be. So to me, he's still a boy. He's their son, um, who just says he's a girl. Um, and he, you know, he, he dresses like a girl. Uh, he wears dresses and, you know, girly clothes. He has braids, you know, whatever. Um, you know, um, essentially, he, he looks like a little girl. And, 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 and there was another. I, I think they were talking about giving him the surgery, too, right? I don't know. There was another celebrity. Uh, I want to. Who was it? Was it Charlie Theron who who dresses her son as a little girl? I, um, I don't think women should do that. Don't ever dress your son. So as here, a let girl. me ask this question: Can your son wear a dress? No, nah, my son can't wear a dress. Now, but if, what if he comes to you and says that I'm I'm a girl and I want to wear dresses? I feel like I'm a girl. Like, how do you feel like you're a girl? I mean, when you was born, that's who you are. I mean, I don't know how you feel like you're a girl. Now, if you want to wear a dress when you get out of my house, if as long as I'm buying your clothes, you won't be wearing a dress. And uh, I'm going to throw this disclaimer out. I have nothing against gay people um, at all. Gay people are some of my best customers that I have. Um, I actually have mm-hmm. some gay friends as well. So don't think I'm a homophobe. Um, it's just at that point... Uh, if you ask the kid what they want to eat, my son is for. If you ask him what he wants to eat, he's going to say he wants french fries and chicken nuggets every day. But you as a parent know you can't feed him um, chicken nuggets and french fries every day because mm-hmm. it's not good for his health. Mm-hmm. So kids make bad decisions all the time. Um, and it's the parent's job is to help them not make the bad decisions. Now, if Marcus is 10 years old and he feels that way, if he feels the same way when he's 20 years old, then he can do whatever he wants to do. Um because he can, at that point, he's a man. And he I done did my job. He done mm-hmm. made his own decision. Um, 
but kids that's nine and ten i don't think they are capable of making those decisions uh not those big serious decisions such as that mm-hmm. i think Dwayne wade um son wanted to change his sex what if he turns 21 and don't think he's gay or trans no more what happens mm-hmm. we all know some girls that was gay um in high school but now they married to men but we also mm-hmm. know some girls that was straight mm-hmm. in high school and then they go gay in college and now they married to men mm-hmm. so I, that's what i don't understand um, yeah. when you're a kid this decision making is not on your side when yeah. you're a kid let me jump in and say this to answer that because for number one y'all know i have a 16 almost 17 year old son mm-hmm. even right now my son can't come to me and say that i'm gonna wear dresses no my son cannot wear a dress my future children my future if i have a son in the future he cannot wear a dress and i as a father i agree with malcolm um when you get out of my house or when i am no longer actually responsible for you then you can make whatever decision you would like and i'm like with malcolm i don't think that I think as parents, it's our jobs to guide our children in our principles. And I know there are some people who will say, well, children should be allowed to express themselves. Absolutely. I do believe in that. But I do believe as children, there are limits to how you can do anything. Because if my child says he wants to express himself by, I don't know, uh, he he wants to express himself by, I don't know, uh, hell what? I don't know. So I'm thinking of something extreme or even something not extreme. It's my job as a parent to guide him and in mm-hmm. and, and my ways and in my principles. It's his job when he becomes older, yep. whether to either continue those or to go his own way. Mm-hmm. Either way, that's on him when he's older. But when he lives under my roof or when he's still under my guidance, you will follow my way. That's not to say that he that's not to say that he can't make that decision or maybe he doesn't have those feelings you know um and b- before i ask the next question i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it over here to clay um but i i i don't i really don't think children i don't think children know enough or have enough feeling or fat or anything to make such a decision i just don't think their brain is developed enough at that age yeah. no. um I don't know, I, I kind of struggle with that one because, I mean, if that's what you want to do, like, you want to identify, you're a man, you want to identify as a woman, that's that's your choice, but mm-hmm. I, I don't understand it, like, I don't understand, like, what the mindset is, like, what how how it feels to be in that position, like, you think you feel like a woman, I, I just, just don't understand it at all because I, I don't know if it's just... The way I was brought up, like, you know, my dad, he's, like, a pretty stoic dude. Like, most people, when they first meet him, they think he's, like, oh, mad or something. But, like, <laughs> he's, a, he's he's really a jokester. But, like, he's yeah. always he's always ha- has that stoic, masculine feel. Even if he ain't even said nothing, if you don't know him, you know he's he's a man's man. And and that's what I grew up around. So, I, don't, I never understood, like, why you want to throw your manhood away and identify as a woman. So, I mean, I don't condemn it. Like I said, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. I just don't understand it. And, like, if I don't understand it, that's a 34-year-old man. I don't I don't see how uh, a, kid, yeah. a kid could make that type of decision. Because we all have know, those kind of feelings yeah, to start and, with. And even outside of, like, like, a situation like that, we all know, like, we've changed over the years. Some things that we thought were mm-hmm. cool or some things we liked back 
in the day we would never even think about like that being that being a part of our lives yeah. today so i think making that decision because we've seen like online and stuff like with kids like transgender at three four years old mm-hmm. like yeah, I, I just don't i just don't understand it yeah you don't even i, I I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I mean, so this is what brings me to this question. Do you feel that children even have the maturity or the mental capacity to make such a decision to change, quote unquote, and I'm doing air quotes because you can never change your gender. I'm just going to go ahead and say that regardless of who that offends, you cannot change your gender. You can change the way you classify yourself, but you can never change your gender. So to do you think that children have the mental capacity I don't to I don't. change their to to sit, to make such a decision. Not at the age. I don't. I think it takes some time. Even when he said, even when I was twenty years old, I I made a whole bunch of bad choices because I don't think I was ready to make those choices. Um, but definitely not a kid now. If he's twenty five and he says, "Look, Dad, I've been feeling like this for a long time," then I'm like, of course I'm gonna support him every way I can. Um, I just think at ten years old. Uh, you can't make those kind of decisions. Not life, not life um, decisions. Life altering, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not life altering decisions. Yeah, I don't think that they really have the capacity to make that type of decision at a very young age because there's some adults that don't even have the capacity to make <laughs> yeah, that exactly. decision. And um, I've, I've seen online where people have said that they regretted making that decision, and then you can't, you can't really go back. Can't go back when it's, yeah. when you had that operation. Yeah. My, so, yeah, I mean, I absolutely have to agree. And to be blunt, I don't think children of any age, whether they're five or 15, I don't think they possess the maturity or the mental capacity to make such a life altering decision. I don't think they have enough facts. And even for parents out here who so-called call themselves supporting it, if you're not the one who's having these feelings one way or the other, how can you even guide that child to say, well, okay, you're feeling like this. Well, what makes you feel that way? You can't even, I'm 35 years old and even I don't possess the mental capacity to ask the right questions to, to be able to help guide you through, to help make sure you're making the right decision or, or that or whatever. So I know, now granted, I'm not the one who's having those feelings. So of course I already don't understand i'm already at a disadvantage so i don't understand how parents say that well i support them you're supporting a five-year-old boy who says he's a girl now you don't even know what they're feeling or what they're going through they don't they can't even make sense of the feelings that they're having or whatever so how can you guide them through a decision that you know they don't understand when you don't understand it yourself yeah and it goes back when i was telling y'all about when i um i had fell asleep and i left showtime on and i woke up it's this show that came on i think it was like called couples therapy or something like that mm-hmm. and it was a woman and her transgender wife on there and they were like talking to the therapist they were having a discussion about the way the 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 natural born woman was having feelings about the transgender woman like earning more money um than her and like not really like help expecting to be able to have to help out with you know housework and stuff like that and when the therapist was talking to the transgender woman the transgender woman was responding and i was listening to what she was saying and she responded just as I would as a man because I think at the end of the day at your at your core you're still a man you're still going to reason yeah. as a man and she had had the surgery and all of that stuff right. and but just listening to her speak it still sounded 
like it was coming from a man's point of view. Right. Um, so I, I think that's that's one thing. I don't think you can really escape genetics and you, you can't, can't escape, escape nature. You can't, you can't, right. <laughs> you can't, you can't escape instinct either. Yeah. You know, like we discussed before. And on that, on that same show, that, that same lady, the, the actual woman that was a natural born woman, like, I, I, I wonder, like, sometimes with people who are... Like in those type of situations, like homosexual, what, what I don't know what you necessarily call that because it's like two women, or I, I don't know what you call that, whatever it is called. But she identified as gay, I think, at first. I, I'm not sure. But then, like, so, like it was show like COVID. When COVID hit, she had to shut her business down and she was like all depressed. And then she was like, oh, now I identify as non binary. So I, I think there's sometimes there's some underlying issues. That cause like because okay you gay now now you're non-binary. What the hell like, is non-binary? That I means still, you, you you identify you, as they them. You don't yeah, not him you, her. Or, yeah, you just I, yeah yeah. Y'all yeah. so, see the look on my face, right? Right, but see that's what I'm saying. I mean, like I, I think sometimes I think um what's the thing that identifies as that uh what's her name um the black girl. Yeah, I think she identifies as non-binary. She anyway could but, keep um, going. But yeah, yeah, I, I think sometimes it's like some underlying confusion in there too because you're married to a transgender woman, you're identifying as gay, but then you had like this big thing that spun you into a depression, but now and now you're identifying yourself as non-binary. So I think sometimes those things are some underlying mental health issues. You don't know how to identify yourself. All right. So do you feel, you know, backing up to, you know, Dwayne Wade's son, what is the little boy's name? Zaya or something like that? Z- well, that's his... That's the name? that's the girl name. I don't okay. know. His, I don't know. It, anyway, um, do you feel that media and celebrities have a great influence um, when it comes to like you know gender roles and things like that? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Um, <clears throat> our kids see these people on TV, the movie stars, basketball players, rappers as um, role models, and they have big influence in the young kids' lives, whether they want to be role models or not. That's just what it, yeah. what they are. Yeah, yeah, we, we would be disingenuous if we said that media doesn't affect people because we know media affects like like back in the day we used to watch wrestling and then what was we doing in the backyard hitting leg drops on each other jumping off trash cans and ladders and stuff so breaking yeah. beds <laughs> exactly y'all broke like two or three of my beds <laughs> we thought we was wrestlers because that's what we saw we watched Power Rangers we thought we was morphing and stuff yeah, so exactly <laughs> so it, absolutely what you see in media sports and you know, even just around you and your, the environment around you is going to affect you. And, and I think being that that movement is becoming more and more prevalent, of course, there's going to be more people who, who start to think that way because it's more prevalent in our society. Right. So let me ask you this, because you brought up different things like, you know, basketball and, you know, sports and entertainment and things like that. How has how, how has shifts in our culture, um, be it music? entertainment whatever and i'm talking strictly you know in our community you know in the black culture how has shifts in culture contributed you know to the emasculation of black males Hmm. that's a hard one yeah that's a hard one i mean so and i'll jump in there as far as the shifts in culture remember we live in a world where everything is accepted or everything should be accepted everything should be included now uh, let's just talk about like in the arts, you know, theater, things like that. You you got these uh, 
I'm just be blunt when I say it because, like I said, I suck at sugarcoating. You know, uh, well, matter of fact, let's go back to let's go back to rappers. You got rappers out here wearing dresses, rappers out here wearing heels, they're wearing makeup, they got nails on their fingers, you know, things like that. Um, oh, Tyler the Creator calling people his wife or some, something. yeah, you calling know, dudes things like that. I just, I just really think he they just they, I don't think they actually do that in their real life. I just think they just putting it on, on but TV. The, but whether they put they're doing it for entertainment purposes mm-hmm. or not, the problem is the the, the 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 problem is is that what people perceive thus mm-hmm. becomes reality. Exactly. And people who see these things start to say, okay, well this is okay. And this is why you do have little boys who watch these rap remember, you know how it was when we were coming up. You know, mm-hmm. we had rappers like Jay Z and DMX and yep. you know Memphis Bleak and all of them. Whether we like their music or not, these guys influenced us in some way. Yeah. Be it through the way we dressed, the way we carried ourselves a little bit to an extent. Now we weren't crazy we weren't just because these guys rapped about something don't mean we were going to go do it most of us not all of us mm-hmm. even back then and the same thing as now most of us could distinguish between a rap lyric and a life directive right. you know we weren't going to just go out and do it um but you do have a lot of people who say oh well this rapper is out here wearing a romper now i'm gonna walk around with a romper on now i think it's okay it's it's okay for a man to be out here wearing women's clothes now. And I know there's people out here who will say, well, what's a woman's item of clothing? I mean, yeah, there yeah. to me, there is a difference. That's it just like a if a man is out here wearing a bra. Men don't wear bras. Yes. Well, at least traditionally we don't, but they somebody, but then the point is somebody else, somebody else will say that, somebody else will say that, you know, well, why can't men wear bras? They should be able to wear bras, you know, and things like that. Because that I, ain't what men do. I mean, yeah. But here's my thing. Like I said, you. this is where the problem, I feel like where this is how we've gotten to this problem of emasculating black males in today's society. Everything, every, everybody wants everything to just be acceptable. If a man wants to wear a bra, he should. No, don't get me wrong. We live in a free society. We do. You should be able to do whatever you want to do. And I get that. And you should do whatever you want to do. But and just like you want to do what you want to do, I should be able to feel the way I should want to feel about anything. Mm, that's why and I should and, and however I feel, shit and um, shouldn't um, stop you from feeling whatever you feel. Yeah. So I shouldn't be feeling guilty for feeling the way I feel. Oh, yeah. So stop trying to make me feel guilty about it. Yeah, that goes back to when I um I told you I saw that thing where somebody said that if you were a straight man and you you wouldn't entertain a transgender woman, you're homophobic. But I I just that's I just don't prefer transgender people. I like a natural woman, like, yeah. and I shouldn't be dinged for that because yep. I, I just I'm not attracted to somebody that's transgender. Exactly. Um, you know. <sighs> I don't know. I even just on that. I, I my here's my take on that. I do not feel as a heterosexual black male. I do not feel that I should be forced through an agenda or whatever, or just through society norms that I should be forced or that I should even accept things that are not instinctual of a male. Look, a trans to me, a transgender male, what the, what the hell you call him, a transgender woman is still a man to me. They're gonna take us out the air. I don't care. <laughs> That's still a man to me. I'm not speaking for After Twenty Nine Podcast. I'm not speaking for Malcolm Clay Mazio. I'm speaking ahead, strictly man. for me. And yeah, I'm not politically correct, so I don't apologize for it. That's still a man. And as a heterosexual male, I don't consider that to be a heterosexual. 
um, characteristic if I was to date mm-hmm. a transgender to date woman. a transgender woman with a man well, I don't even know this is just too much to keep up with yeah. but so I mean now do I have a problem with people's lifestyle absolutely not be, right. be you mm-hmm. because I'm me yeah, it's just yeah. not what you want like, I, I am me without apology and I think yeah. they should be too I have no problems with anybody I have no problems with anybody's lifestyle choice right but that doesn't change the way I feel about it like I said I to me that you're still a man you can be a man with different parts, or you can be a man with a dress on. Whatever, that, look, mm. that that's you. Yep. But I should not be classified as a homophobe because I say I wouldn't date a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that that I. That, why? Right. Yeah. Sure. Like I said, man, I, don't, I think everybody has the right to love whoever they want to love. Whether you you know whether you want to love a woman, or whether you want to love a man, it's just if you're gay, you're gay. That's fine. I have no problem with it. But don't try to bring me in on your festivities. You know, I'm a straight man. Don't don't invite me to a gay club. I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And don't um, tell me that I'm 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 a homophobe because I don't want to be a part of something. Right. Just I, I can accept who you are and I can accept your lifestyle, but because mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's yeah. right as a hetero, or I don't think it's right. a heterosexual characteristic to date somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't try to force that. To me, that's forcing something. On and me. don't make me feel guilty about the way that I feel. Uh, right. Just like I'm not going to make you feel guilty yeah. about being exactly. who you are. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I think that like I mean, it's I'm all for like everyone feeling like they're included in the society. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that the ramifications that come with it as well. Like we were talking about how like they have transgender women in women's sports now and like yeah. especially like combat sports is That's dangerous. Not right. Because like no, remember the, the transgender woman in the UFC yeah. was fighting like a regular woman. And we all know that men most men have you know, Built bigger, like more bone density, more muscle, more strength, more speed, and that transgender woman end up breaking that natural woman's skull mm-hmm. beca- yep. just because of the physical physical difference between men and women. Yep. So I think that's it's, it comes with some negatives too, because you know they identify as a woman even though they were born a man. There's mm-hmm. some physical advantages that that kind of detract from women's sports. I think, you know, yeah. and I've seen like several women athletes say that they don't want to compete with the men just because they're at a, a big disadvantage. A big disadvantage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pound for pound, they can't compete with a man in any sport. But yeah, that's that's not right. That's not right at all. Yeah, I, I to me, that's one of those. That's actually what brings me to our final, our, our final thought. Um, what do you feel the solution is to having inclusion? Because every I, I do believe in inclusion. Even as a black male, I believe in inclusion. Even as a Christian man, I believe in inclusion. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't change my view on things. Th- that if something is wrong or it's a sin, I still have that thought. That doesn't mean that I think you should be alienated in life. Okay. Or whatever, because if I'm being a true Christian, a true Christian loves all, yes. regardless. Yes, I yes. I mm-hmm. I try to emulate the God I serve, and and that is to love the saint and as well should. as the sinner. Right, right. Because the God I serve did not separate himself from the saints and the sinners. He 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 ate amongst both. Mm-hmm. He he feasted with both. You know he he. You know, he conversed with both. He didn't separate himself or whatever. So um, I won't do the same. But 
what do you feel the solution is to having inclusion and not feeling like your way of life is being attacked or well like i said i think everything comes with understanding um and i think we have to show them at a good light right just like uh, the captain america thing maybe maybe they should have a a a superhero that happens to be gay maybe we can learn more about the gay community through that superhero Mm -hmm. or maybe they should have a show about a gay couple then maybe the straight people can and can learn a little bit more about their culture and those things and it's not forced upon people yeah um but I do believe in inclusion and everybody has the right to love whoever they want to love. Um, and I would never tell somebody they run for loving whoever they want to love. Um, mm-hmm. That's not me. And, um, and I, you know, I don't have a problem with gay people as well. Um, but I think we have to, we have to do it in a better taste of way without making other people feel guilty about not understanding. We or, got not, to, or not wanting to be a part of it. Or not wanting to be a part of it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think like being inclusive is definitely necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, because we all know that like we some sometimes get mistreated just because of our race. Yes, man. And we shouldn't mistreat someone just because of their sexual preference. Absolutely. Whether you're gay or straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with the far as like the the overall topic goes, like protecting masculinity, I think. The more prevalence to, you know, alternative lifestyles is not the the major thing that's causing masculinity to decline. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that may be a part of it, but it's another side to it um, as well. Because we know that like people always say masculinity is toxic, and then again, it goes back to, you know, all the single mothers raising. Raising men, yep. and and I think the major factor that's putting masculinity on a decline is men not having control. I think control is the key to masculinity. You need to control your emotions. Yep. You need to control your actions, and you need to control like your your urges. Yeah. Like, and we gotta be fathers to our kids, man. That's where it starts at home. Yeah, absolutely. So I have no final thoughts on that. Um, great conversation, guys. I, I I think this is one of those controversial topics that we absolutely needed to to talk about. I mean, because it's one of those things that come up all the time, but people are just afraid to talk about it, whether there's an agenda or there's a push or, you know, it's just something that's just naturally taking place as, you know, society evolves you know, through time. Um, either way, it's it's one of those things that needs to be talked about more often. And I will encourage our listeners to have these conversations at home. It's okay to talk about what people would deem as insensitive, because if we never talk about these things, first and foremost, we never gain understanding. Uh-huh. And, and maybe that will help shed some light on some of these, you know, topics you know, if we just talked about them more instead of just saying, oh, well, I I don't want to be labeled as a homophobe or I, I'm that's not politically correct. So we're not even going to have the conversation. We're never going to get to a place of um, understanding. And and yes, I will say inclusion if we never have these conversations. It's been another episode of the After 29 podcast. Until next time. Peace. Peace. All right, guys. Just want to take a sec to say thank you for tuning into this week's episode. 
please continue to support by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at After 29 Podcast. Please share with your family and friends, and don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Also, make sure you tune in every Tuesday for a new episode of the After 29 Podcast. <laughs>